Welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's August 21st, 2020. Here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, Amazon can be liable for defective products on its third-party marketplace. Two, Trump's WeChat ban could have sweeping consequences for U.S. companies. Three, Oracle and Salesforce face GDPR lawsuit for their third-party cookies' role in real-time bidding. Shift one: Amazon can be held liable for defective products on its third-party marketplace. A California appeals court recently ruled that Amazon can be held liable for products sold on its third-party marketplace, reversing a 2019 decision and challenging Amazon's long-held stance that it is one or more degrees removed from the arena of liability. The plaintiff had purchased a non-OEM laptop battery from a third-party seller with a fictitious name on Amazon.com. The battery, fulfilled by Amazon from its own warehouse, later exploded and resulted in third-degree burns. The court based its decision on Amazon's role as intermediary and distributor, saying, quote, "Whatever term we use to describe Amazon's role, it was pivotal in bringing the product here to the consumer." End quote. Amazon plans to appeal. In the third-party seller model, until recently, Amazon has been able to hold itself apart as a provider of services to the seller rather than being the quote seller of record end quote itself. It generally has relied upon a combination of Section 230 which protects platforms from being held liable for third-party content, and the body of law that attributes liability to the seller of record. Amazon does not take title or ownership to items sold by third-party sellers, and those items on Amazon.com have sold-by-seller language on their product page. Amazon's liability for third-party products has been a shifting landscape. In a July 2019 case involving a retractable dog leash that blinded a woman, a Pennsylvania appeals court ruled Amazon could be held liable for products sold on its platform, even if it had not shipped them. The opinion, a reversal of the lower court decision and prior federal rulings, said liability stemmed in part from Amazon's role as middleman, which made it harder for customers to pursue a claim against the seller or manufacturer. The decision was later vacated in February 2020, and the Pennsylvania Supreme Court agreed to take the case in July 2020. Over the past year, there has been growing attention on Amazon's challenges in monitoring and removing thousands of counterfeit, defective, unsafe, banned, mislabeled, and expired items from its marketplace. In April 2020, for instance, the U.S. trade representative put Amazon.ca for Canada, Amazon.de for Germany, Amazon.co.uk for the U.K., Amazon.fr for France, and Amazon.in for India on its notorious markets list for counterfeit goods. Amazon's third-party marketplace now represents more than half its retail business. There's a tension between an open marketplace growing rapidly by streamlining access for smaller third-party sellers and a large branded retail platform where consumers expect some quality and gating. This is an existential moment where cracks are emerging in the business model that helped Amazon's retail business get to its current scale. With Amazon offering tools for sellers at nearly every stage of the life cycle, from marketing to fulfillment, at some point, it seems disingenuous for Amazon to disclaim responsibility when it's performing so many business activities for a seller. The direction the regulatory environment is moving in suggests Amazon will have to accept more responsibility, if not liability, for products on its platform. Amazon is already investing heavily in fighting fraud, spending $500 million in 2019, 
and with billions more expected. Its anti-counterfeiting initiatives include Project Zero, the Transparency Product Serialization Program, its Counterfeit Crimes Unit, and removal of 2.5 million suspected bad actor accounts and 6 billion suspected bad listings in 2019. Amazon is also getting stricter with its third-party sellers, recently beginning to require U.S. sellers to show their business name and address on public-facing profiles. As more responsibility cascades to Amazon's third-party sellers, for example, to register, test, certify, tag, track, and inspect, we may see a departure of sellers from the Amazon platform to challenge your marketplaces, for example, Walmart and Kroger's. To read more content related to marketplaces and retail, check out our August 14th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, All Roads Lead to E-Commerce as Retailers Invest in Fulfillment and Online Assortment, and our November 11th, 2019 brief, Why Amazon's Recent Challenges Are Rooted in Its Business Model. Shift 2. Trump's WeChat ban could have sweeping consequences for U.S. companies. Over the past week, there has been growing realization that U.S. President Trump's executive order on August 6, 2020, banning U.S. entities from working with WeChat, may have sweeping consequences for U.S. companies. The ban, which will be effective September 20, 2020, is being framed in terms of national security. It is part of a broader campaign to prevent Chinese apps, and by extension the Chinese government, from capturing data on U.S. citizens and spreading disinformation. However, depending on its interpretation, many U.S. brands may soon face serious constraints in operating in what will soon be the largest retail market in the world and selling to the Chinese diaspora. Both owned by Chinese gaming giant Tencent, international social messaging app WeChat is used around the world, while its sister app Weixin is a widely used super app in mainland China with an extensive mini-app ecosystem offering social media, payments, e-commerce, grocery shopping, public services, personal ID, and other functions. Together, WeChat and Weixin have 1.2 billion monthly active users as of June 2020. The most, over 1 billion, reside in China. Less than 2% of Tencent's revenue comes from the U.S. The language of the executive order is ambiguous in what exactly it prohibits, saying, quote, any transaction that is related to WeChat by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the United States with Tencent Holdings Limited or any subsidiary of that entity as identified by the Secretary of Commerce, end quote. Tencent, a very active investor, holds stakes in many U.S. firms including Tesla, Snap, Epic Games, Activision Blizzard, Reddit, Spotify, Universal Music Group, and more, raising early questions as to whether those investments would be impacted. According to a follow-on clarification from the White House, however, the intent of the executive order was to target WeChat-related transactions rather than all transactions associated with Tencent. Banning WeChat by name is also significant, raising another set of questions. WeChat is the name of the international version of the app used outside China, while Weixin is the name of the mainland China equivalent. Global commentators and journalists often refer to Weixin as WeChat, and users on both apps can talk to each other. However, WeChat is a different app from Weixin that stores data on servers in Canada and Hong Kong, and is estimated to have just 19 million daily active users in the U.S. Tencent, which saw its market capitalization drop 10% after Trump's announcement, is currently seeking clarification on the WeChat Weixin distinction. For U.S. companies with business in China or with Chinese consumers, 
the potential ramifications are serious. The app may have to be removed from Apple and Google's app stores. In 2019, Apple generated $44 billion in revenue from China, its biggest international market at 17% of total revenue. A recent survey of Chinese consumers found that 95% would change their devices rather than give up Weixin. Globally, removing WeChat and Weixin could result in a 25-30% to 30% drop in iPhone sales and a 15-25% to 25% decline in other Apple hardware, for example, iPad and Mac computers. If the ban only involves WeChat and not Weixin, the decline in iPhone shipments would be less, as little as 3-6% globally. Many other U.S. corporations also have a stake in the interpretation of the ban. Nike, KFC, Starbucks, Amazon, Walmart, and others use branded Weixin mini-apps, which are cloud-based embedded programs in Weixin that don't require a download, to market and sell to Chinese consumers. Over a dozen major U.S. companies recently had a call with White House officials to express concerns over the ban and the quote-unquote severe disadvantage it could cause to U.S. competitiveness. To read more content related to China and global competitiveness, check out our June 5th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, Huawei's global competitiveness is threatened by international pressure, and our April 4th, 2020 brief, Global Supply Chains Diversify Away from China. Shift 3. Oracle and Salesforce face GDPR lawsuit for their third-party cookies role in real-time bidding. Last week, European nonprofit The Privacy Collective filed a class action lawsuit against Oracle and Salesforce for allegedly violating the EU's General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, by using third party cookies to track consumers across the internet and gather data used to target them during real time bidding. A similar case will be filed against the same companies in the UK later this month. Total claims could exceed 10 billion euros, $12 billion, if the claimant wins all its arguments. Both enterprise software vendors own data management platforms, or DMPs. Oracle acquired BlueKai, now Oracle DMP, in 2014, and Salesforce acquired Crux, now Salesforce DMP, in 2016. These DMPs amass large stores of consumer data for ad targeting through mechanisms like third-party cookies. Oracle gathers data on over 1.4 billion users every month, while Salesforce interacts with over 3 billion browsers and devices every month. GDPR requires privacy by default and that consent be, quote, freely given, specific, informed, and unambiguous, end quote. Central to the lawsuit is the process of real-time bidding, or RTB, in which online ad inventory is bought and sold programmatically in milliseconds through a real-time auction, with the winning bid displaying the ad to the consumer. The individual consumer's data is broadcast to sometimes hundreds of auction participants during real-time bidding for targeting purposes. The lawsuit claims RTB violates GDPR because the broadcast approach and rapid pace make it impossible to fully secure the data or give consumers proper time or notice to consent. Oracle has responded to the claims, saying it has no direct role in RTB. Salesforce has also disagreed with the claims. Ad tech platforms' use of RTB has been under regulatory scrutiny in Europe since GDPR went into effect in 2018, but there has been relatively little action before now. Regulators have yet to issue or enforce a ruling on a major GDPR cross-border complaint. Regardless of the outcome, the Oracle-Salesforce lawsuit is indicative of the continuing shift away from third-party data, driven by privacy regulation and changes by the major web browsers to phase out third-party cookies. Today, 
Over 90% of websites have third-party cookies, which are often set to be longer-lived than just that browser session or that day. A new site like the Washington Post might have 40 cookies. However, the norms around consumer personal data are changing rapidly, with all future paths leading to and through consent. The coming end of third-party cookies will be hugely disruptive to the advertising ecosystem, resulting in an ad tech winter and massive discontinuity. To read more content related to third-party cookies and privacy regulation, check out our June 24th, 2020 brief, Publishers and Retail Brands Adapt to the Coming Death of Third-Party Cookies, and our December 30th, 2019 brief, The California Privacy Law Effective January 1st Will Set the Tone for U.S. Regulation. That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. If you'd like to read more Six Pages content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts Edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on the future of stock exchanges. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition. <laughs>